Hello friends, it's me, Mr. Gratitude, and this is the Living with Gratitude podcast. And tonight, you're in for a special treat. So, you know how I always call my friends brothers, or I call them sisters? Well, tonight, you're actually going to meet my real-life blood brother. We're going to banter for a little bit. You guys are going to get to see some inside of Mr. Gratitude that you've never seen before. So you know the routine. Grab a drink, grab some snacks, because here we go. All right, friends. So tonight I've actually got, now he's probably going to get a little offended, but that's okay. My little baby brother. Now, I've mentioned before, there's 12 years between us, but we are extremely close. And I wanted to have him on the show so you guys can see the other side of Mr. Gratitude. Plus, you know, with what I do with dating, relationships, talk about family at times. You know, siblings are important. And I know a lot of people, as you grow up, if you have siblings, you're used to fighting and bickering and bantering. And with my brother and I, we never really had that. We've always been really close. He's one of the most important people in the world to me. And now you get an inside glimpse. None of this. You guys know I don't script any of my podcasts. I don't script any of my content. And my brother and I, we're sitting here with a nice glass of scotch. We're going to banter and share some insight with you guys. So without further ado, this is my brother, Ryan. Brother, welcome to the show. Brother, thanks for having me. Hold on, let me get out my script real quick. No, just, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, it's funny because growing up, and you know, our, our mom can, can attest to this, we're the complete polar opposites, but yet we're so much alike in a lot of ways. I've always been the wild child, the free spirit, the no filter, speak my mind, fearless. And my little brother's the introvert, shy little baby. So am I right or wrong on that? Uh, you're right to a point. I gotten a little less shy over the years. Yeah, yeah. You've, you've came out of your shell a little bit in your so older age. You're going to be, what, 20, 29 next week or in two weeks, something like that? I will be 29 in 10 days. Wow. Wow. He's, he's a grown-up, folks. He's stepping into the world. So a couple things that him and I always banter about. We, we came from a big sports family. You know, I talk about baseball. He's actually named after Ryan Sandberg, the great Chicago Cub. What are some of the differences in our teams, brother? Um, really, other than, uh, you know, basketball, we pretty much have the, the same teams. We, you know... Kind of grew up in San Diego, so we both kind of like the Padres, although now you're in Arizona and like the Diamondbacks a little bit more. But <laughs> we're Charger fans, and even though in LA, they're in L.A. now, I uh, still rep the Chargers. Gosh, what happened to the Chargers, man? And now I, I know I was telling you earlier that they're, you know, good old Jack Murphy. I'll always call it Jack Murphy. That stadium's going to get demolished. I mean, gosh, we had a lot of, a lot of memories there. We did have memories. Uh, there's 12 years between us, so you have a little bit like 12 years more memories than I do. But definitely remember growing up, childhood, we would go to every baseball game we could. Uh, the town I grew up in, we had a minor A team. We were always there 
uh, Lake Elsinore Storm. And, you know, we would travel down to San Diego and go to Padre Dodger games. And I think my favorite game that I ever went to, uh, we went Padres and Cubs back when Sammy Sosa was on the Cubs. And I was a huge Sosa guy. I remember that. And uh, we had to leave a little early and it sucked because, you know, traffic, you don't want to get stuck in that Cali traffic. And as soon as we left the ballpark, Sammy Sosa had a home run right to where we were sitting. But it was it was entertaining. It was a good time. A lot of family memories at that stadium. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty devastated that that stadium's coming down. I could feel it when I was when I was reading the article. And uh, for anyone listening that's still in San Diego, I'm sure you're you're going to feel the effects of what I'm talking about. You know, seeing Tony Gwynn and and LT breaking touchdown records and. You know, watching Natron Means and the Super Bowl Chargers and all these things, it's like, gosh, that's all going to be just dust now. So I know <clears throat> my brother and I were feeling the effects of that. What are some of the other teams? I mean, you're a Red Sox fan. Gosh, how did you become a Red Sox fan? I don't even remember. So actually, around the time I started getting into baseball, so I was about seven or eight. I was, you know, I played t-ball. I started watching sports a lot more and baseball. And actually, um, just in the playoffs, I believe it was 98 or 99, the Red Sox were playing the Indians. And I couldn't stand the Indians, mainly because they were the American League team that was always winning at the time, them and the Yankees. I remember. Um, But the players they had, I just – the Red Sox were kind of the other underdog. They had that curse at the time, and I just fell in love with the Red Sox, Pedro and Nomar and – all those guys, and then when they got Manny and Big Poppy, they they did great, and I'm still a Red Sox fan to this day. I remember. I remember growing up. I would go in your room and give you shit because I remember Nomar. I remember that team. I actually remember playing some uh, – gosh, what was that baseball game we played on PlayStation? Uh, uh, MLB? It was uh, Triple Play. Yeah, Triple Play. Gosh. So my brother and I, we uh, growing up, um, I got married at 21, so I, I moved out pretty young, but up until then – uh, him and I would always play uh, PlayStation games. And I remember that game very vividly. I remember, what, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, right? Yeah, they actually uh, they remade that one. So Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Haven't played that yet, but, man, that brings back some memories. It does. All the nostalgia, the soundtrack. I remember the soundtrack vividly. And Yes. we. So we lived in a two-story house, and my brother and I both had the, the room upstairs, and I would always mess with him and go in his room and – we would play uh, video games, and that Tony Hawk, I would get home, and I'd just be like, brother, let me play Tony Hawk. No, no, I'm playing. <laughs> I'm playing. Yeah, we were we were always just extremely close, and I, I just I couldn't imagine ever hurting my little brother. But there was one time, there was one time where this little shit, I have a big pet peeve about my hat getting knocked off my head. Like, if you know me personally, you know you don't mess with my hat. I put my hat on a certain way, I fluff it up, and if you mess with my hat, it's going to tick me off. He was about 15 or 16, and uh, he was still living at home. And I went to go visit my parents, and he thought he was this cool, punk-ass little teenager. And he comes up, hey, brother, boom, and he knocks my hat off my head. And I, oh, he knew, he knew he was done. He gave me a look like the, oh, shit. So I told him, I said, when you least expect it, the next time I see you, you're in in for it. 
So a couple of weeks go by and I go to my parents' house and he's, he's in the backyard playing basketball with our dad. And I'm literally mid conversation with our mom. And I'm like, mom, you hold on a second. She's like, what are you doing? And I open the slider and I rush out there and I would never punch my brother, but I wanted to teach him a lesson. So I go up to him and excuse me for using the term. I'm just going to say it. I literally bitch slapped him across the face. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and let's just say after that moment, little brother knew I shouldn't mess with big brother. My dad got pissed. He was yelling at me. But do you remember that? Uh, yeah, I remember that pretty vividly. We actually talk about that quite a bit. <laughs> and I always say that was uh, that was pretty much like the last time that um, – Kind of like the last time I, I cried, uh, oh, y- you yeah. slapped me pretty pretty hard. And uh, not gonna lie, I was growing up. I was a mama's boy, and I would, you know, I was a crier. And then that moment kind of toughened me up a little bit. But it was funny. I did learn my lesson. I don't touch his hat anymore. And uh, yeah, I don't think I've been slapped by you. <laughs> yeah, grow- growing up again. He was the complete opposite of me, the kid. And that's okay. I mean, now obviously being the, the grown up that I am, you know, it was okay to, to be in tune with your emotions, but he was a very emotional kid and I wasn't. And in fact, and he'll probably remember this growing up, my mom would get upset at me because she would start crying and she'd be like, son, I didn't raise you this way. Why aren't you upset and crying? I'm like, mom, crying's for the week. Like, I don't cry, mom. So what do you remember that brother? Yeah, uh, you know, I remember growing up and our mom was a very emotional mom and it was a little different when you were growing up, although I wasn't alive, I do know she she worked and, and everything like that. With me, she was pretty much a stay-at-home mom. She had little odds and ends jobs here and there, but she was a stay-at-home mom, so I really was a mama's boy. My dad worked, <laughs> you know, worked three jobs and you know, actually for a while I was scared of our dad because he had this deep, rough voice and now he's just a, he's always been a giant teddy bear, yeah, but he's, he's took a, a little while to see that. He's a big teddy bear. Yeah. And, and growing up, I would just do little mischievous things to mess with him and man, oh man, there's some things I regret now that, you know, I'm a, I'm a big boy, but growing up, I was the apple of my little brother's eye. He always wanted to hang with me. And then I started dating and, you know, chasing the girls. And that was the end of that. What, what was life like then? How did that change for you, brother? Uh, well, when you moved out, I got your room. So I was a spoiled <laughs> little I, – I basically was a spoiled only child because I had two rooms. You know, it was me and my mom and my dad, and we had pets, but we had a four-bedroom house. And I had two rooms upstairs. And uh, I pretty much had my playroom, and then I had my bedroom. And uh, it really wasn't too bad. Uh, I had friends, a couple friends close by, but – like we said earlier in the podcast, I was a pretty shy kid growing up. So, you know, not being able to hang out with my brother all the time was a little bit of a bummer, but it uh it is what it is. I pretty happy where I'm in and where I'm at in life right now and how I am as a person. And uh I don't think I'd go back and change anything. Hey, amen to that. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe my brother got married before I got married again. So you just you got married last year, right? Yep, got married in uh, in April of last year. Um, wife and I have been together for a little over three years, and uh, been married for a little over a year. Have three stepdaughters and actually one step granddaughter. 
Yeah, I, gi- I give him crap for that because his, uh, his, his stepdaughters are almost, uh, well, I think almost the same age as him. You know, little, little brother went after uh, the, the older women. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, that's so funny. Um, so my question, though, is, I mean, I know the answer to this, but why do you think it is with our big age gap that you and I, gosh, man, I mean, we really never, ever fought. Uh, we've always had this kind of unseen respect for each other. I've always said you have this big heart of gold. Why do you think it is that you and I just have always just really, really got along? Uh, the easiest answer, I'm a Libra. <laughs> mm. I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm a lot more balanced. I like going with the flow. Um, not afraid of, of conflict or of arguments or anything like that, but 90% of the time that stuff's unnecessary. So why get into it? Um, my brother said earlier, he is the alpha male and he kind of is, he's very headstrong. And if I was somebody else, I would probably, you know, put my two cents in and we'd banter and argue and probably fight a lot more than we ever did. And uh, just, you know, there's, really no reason to do that stuff. Um, you know, I let him believe what he wants to believe. <laughs> I, I have my own beliefs and, you know, we, for the most part, we see eye to eye on just about everything. So that also helps. Um, I get a lot of my personality from my dad. I am a smart ass to a sense. And I get that from my mom because my dad just doesn't do sarcasm. Well, <laughs> he tries, I love him, but that's true. Um, Definitely get that from my mom, but personality and work ethic and everything like that I get from my dad, and it, it helps. We're just more balanced and easygoing. So with that said, some funny stories about dad. Gosh, I can remember when you were just a little grommet in diapers, <laughs> and uh, and dad would always come in, and he'd want me to take out the trash or do something, and I didn't want to do it. And <laughs> I don't think I was in diapers. I think I was, you know, I was like three or four. But you yes, might have I'm... been. Maybe you were in your Scooby Doo undies. But <laughs> man, like I remember. So my little brother, I would be doing something, and he would grab a baseball glove because remember I was a baseball player. So my little brother would grab my baseball stuff, and he'd look at our dad, and he'd go, "Don't you talk to Bannon that way?" It was freaking hilarious seeing my little. Gosh, I want to say you were. I, Four, five, because it was before we moved. Yeah, so we were still in El Cajon, and we moved when shortly after I turned four. So I had to have been probably three and a half to maybe just turned four. Yeah, those days were hilarious. Our poor dad, he would always – I mean, he worked his little butt off to support us, but, man, it, it just – he would come home and if he'd want something, me being the stubborn teenager that I was, and I was a good kid. I, I never, you know, got in trouble with the law or anything like that, but I was just super mischievous. I, I was always, a class clown. Exactly. I was a class clown. I always had to have the attention and it's different because now as an adult, I still have to have the attention, but it's a different kind of attention. Like my love language is words of affirmation. So I think that kind of trickled over um, as me being adult, an adult. And, you know, as my brother mentioned, he mentioned a city in San Diego. Most of you know that uh, I'm a rare Arizona native, um, born in Arizona, lived there a little bit. But my brother and I, we spent most of our, you know, childhood and some adult years in, in California and in Southern California specifically. Um, and that's all my brother knows really is, is Southern California now. Um, you've been traveling more lately, right? Yeah. You and uh, the wife? Yeah. Um, 
always kind of wanted to travel because, um, you know, being that my dad worked so much in my childhood and I was kind of a mama's boy, really, I kind of lived a sheltered life and didn't really get to, you know, do the things that normal, you know, kids do, whether it's go hunting, fishing, camping, uh, traveling, stuff like that, I didn't do. So any opportunity I get, I like to travel. And probably for about the last 10 years, I've traveled a lot more. Um, and now with a wife, I take her on my on our adventures yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, been to North Carolina and Florida. Love both those places. Uh, lived in Wyoming a little bit. God, I love the country, but handling that snow and driving in it for nine months of the year is Ooh. not fun. Dude, I hated it. When I went and saw <laughs> mom and dad, it was April low. I've never been so pissed. Yeah. Uh, lived a little bit in Utah, um, but that was pretty much the same climate as uh, Wyoming, just a lot more people. Um, and then pretty much decided to settle here on Arizona. Yeah, yeah. And uh, now being being back here in the free state and – Loving AZ, but man, like I've been so burnt out. You know, I love the heat. You're decent with the cold, but dude, the heat has been just driving me bonkers lately. This, uh, yeah, this, this heat wave that was going on, like we had like 62 straight days of over a hundred. Yeah. It was not fun. And, um, when we actually moved back to the, to the town I live in, um, I was telling my wife and our, our, my stepkids, that moved with us. I was like, yeah, the, it's not your typical Arizona heat here. And, uh, this last year I was, I was wrong. We, actually, wrong. <laughs> we were actually up to the one fifteen here for a little bit. And normally it wouldn't get over 105. So yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty hot and I'm a bigger guy. So I, I sweat a lot and don't really like the heat. He is like people, people don't believe me, but like, I am literally the smallest person in my family. I'm built like a pit bull. I'm super athletic, but as you know, we were have a running joke because I had, uh, <laughs> I had a little beef with a TikTok with another TikTok creator about my height. That's a whole other podcast. We're not even going to get into that <laughs> right now, but I mean, I'm five, seven, um, you know, as you guys see on, on, uh, my content, I, I am have an athletic build, but our parents, I mean, my mom's not the tallest, my mom's short, but she's, she's a heavier set lady. And our dad's a big guy. He's what's dad? Six, three. He's a uh, six, three. And he's right around like 300. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a bigger guy. And most of our family, I mean, my uncles, my aunt, they're, they're fairly bigger people. So my, uh, my genes, I'm the smallest one, so we always joke about that, that he's my little big brother because um, you're, what, six foot? I'm six foot, yeah. Six six foot, six one, something like that. So, yeah, it's interesting, the family dynamic. I mean, again, him him and I are complete polar opposites. Uh, and we, even though I've never physically, like, hurt him or we've never really fought, we used to be brutal to each other in front of our mom in regards to <laughs> jokes and like name calling. So we would banter and mess with each other so much that it literally put our mom in tears sometimes. Why are you guys treating each other like that? We're like, mom, you got to stay out of it. You stay out of it, mom. Cause she would get so upset. And, uh, oh man, I remember, dude, we have like the greatest childhood and most of the adulthood too, was just so much good memories. Um, and I, I love the family talk, man. It just takes me to such a good place. And sadly now, I mean, I don't, I don't talk about it too much in content, uh, but both of our, I mean, our parents, their health isn't the greatest and that kind of saddens me. And 
you know, our, our parents were super social growing up and now they're just kind of just letting themselves go. And it's, it's played a toll on me. My brother's done good about blocking it out, but what, like, what are your views going back to our childhood? What are your thoughts? Our thought, my thoughts are, uh, childhood was great. And, uh, you know, even to my late teens, early twenties, I still had a pretty good relationship with our mom and over the years just yeah i mean it's been it's been a little rough watching her kind of um letting herself go and yeah. for lack of a better word deteriorate it's true but unfortunately it comes with it comes with the age and you know their their lifestyle that they live um so it's it is what it is um i i definitely like talking about our childhood and things like that. Cause it just, you get to hang on to those memories. The memories right now um, aren't the greatest with them. So continuously talking about what it was like before um, it makes you remember those memories and you can yeah. hang on to them stronger and yeah. good times. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I, and I talk about these things with you brother, because I want people to to relate to that and go, yeah, gosh, like his family is like mine and I can relate that way with my brother or my sister. And that's really why I wanted to bring you on because, you know, you guys know I'm a man of integrity and this, like, this is us, like, this is how we interact at a, at a table. And, you know, there, there's times where he might jump on his phone or whatnot, but we've always just had this respect and honor for each other. And if we're being honest, I mean, there were, I think I can only count two times in my life where I've really let my brother down and upset him. And it upset me because he's somebody that I care about tremendously. And the people that I care about the most, if I know that I let them down or they're disappointed in me, oh man, that is just like a kick in the nuts for me. It's like, it's, it's painful. Um, you agree, brother? I, I definitely agree. Um, you know, if you, I'm those, I'm the kind of person that, it, you know, if you're angry and upset at me and you yell at me, it is what it is. I can brush it off. But when I get that look from somebody and it's like just straight disappointment, like, you know, the, the saying, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. That really takes a toll on you. And it's like, it makes you think it's like, damn, I really let him down. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it, like I said, it is what it is. I mean, I'm a pretty easygoing person and I, I don't hold grudges. No. Granted, I, I don't forget things, but I just don't let it bother me. Um, there might be times where, you know, you might piss me off a little bit and I might throw it back in your face, but it's not something That's that true. really, it's not something that really bothers me. Um, there's no point in, in letting it stew and just ruin your mood and everything like that. It takes a lot more energy out of you to be mad and angry at somebody than it does to just laugh it off and be happy. See, see, I told you he's my brother right there. He's the, he's a positive influencer in the making right there. So yeah, I try <laughs> you're dude, you're, you're super intelligent. And I don't just say that cause you're my brother. You are, you've got you know such a sharp mind growing up. I, I mean, I got good grades, but I was the class clown and mom was always dude, the phone calls every day. Almost. It was like your son's in the principal's office as were for you. You were the complete opposite but I don't, I, now that I'm playing things back in my head, I don't even remember asking you because you never really had like the fear put in you. It was never, never dad talked to you and said, if you don't get good grades, I'm going to do this. And mom never really talked to you and said, if you don't get great, good grades, I'm going to do this. What was really your driving force? Why did you do so well in school and stay away from 
the things that I did? Was it because you saw the chaos I caused or was it just naturally in you to do those things? Um, I think it was a little bit of natural. I mean, I don't think, cause when you were in school, I mean, I, w- I was still pretty young, so I don't really re- recall that stuff. So it's not like I learned from your mistakes in that aspect. It's more of just who I am as a person and who I was growing up. And another thing is, is you mentioned how maybe mom or dad was like, if you don't do this, this is going to happen. Well, that that's kind of a negative influence. And you and I have talked before about um, the secret and, you know, the laws of attraction and yeah. you, uh, Love it. you, you can't say, you can't put out there. I don't want this to happen. Cause really what you're doing is you're put the energy out there that it's going to happen. Boom. So you got to put out there instead of saying, don't get F's, don't get F's. You got to say, get A's, get B's. And my parents did that with me. They said, you get these grades, you, you get straight A's, you continue on honor roll. We're going to reward you instead yes, of if yes. you start getting D's, we're going to, we're going to punish you. Yes. And, um, that, that is a big part of it. I feel like our parents maybe grew up a little bit in the time frame between you and me. And, uh, maybe they realized, you know, the, some of the mistakes they did with you and yeah. Well, and it's, it's interesting that you say that too, is because for the most part, I mean, outside of, you know, me being the class clown. And now that you say that, if I play it back on my head, you know, because here I am now at 40, about to be 41, really positive, motivational. I say some things now in content that mom taught me when I was younger about mm-hmm. like my, let's, even though now, as we talked about, you know, some things are kind of deteriorating with their health, but our mom was a no excuse lady. Like there was no bullshit with mom. If she, she never made an excuse. She never told us to make excuses. She told me anything I want in this world, I can get, go after and get it. And no, no offense to any single moms out there, single dads that have had to do this, but our mom never went on welfare. She never sought government assistance. She was a single mom with me until I was seven. And then she met, so my brother and I actually have, it's his dad is my dad. He's been there since I was seven. Technically he's my stepdad, but he's my dad. I've called him dad. Nobody will ever take that away. He's my dad. So my point being is my mom never made excuses. She always made things happen no matter what. And I've carried that over into my life. Um, and I, and I want to bring that up because my brother can attest to that, that we, we grew up in a very positive household. We didn't witness a lot of negativity. Now, I'm not saying that our life, our childhood was fairy tales and rainbows because our, our parents went through some hardships but they never took it out on us. They never shine that on other people. They pursued, uh, I'm sorry, they persevered and they made other things happen. Absolutely. Um, you know, I will always give, you know, as much as I wish my dad was there in my childhood, I understand he had to provide for the family. Yep. And being that, you know, with you and, and having different dads, mom was really young with you and she was a very headstrong woman. She still is to this day, <laughs> but she, she was very headstrong and kind of independent. And in that era, and I'm not going to bring, I don't want to bring any negativity, but in that era where mom was growing up and when mom had you, she was, like I said, she was still t- pretty young. I think yeah, she, she was 20 at, or 21. She had me at 21. And uh, women were kind of looked down upon and they weren't treated very well. And mom was one of those that was not treated very well. So she worked her ass off for everything she got. True. And when she met our dad and and everything, she 
was able to kind of raise, she was able to raise me. Whereas she didn't, she wasn't given that opportunity with you. Um, she was a stay at home mom, like I said before. And um, yeah, it was, yeah. Cause I was dude. And I, I, I was a super independent child. Um, been that way. I still am. I mean, I don't know if you remember if you were old enough, but when we moved, cause we, we moved, uh, we only moved twice when, um, when my brother was a kid and his dog years, they moved a lot more, but um, as a kid, we really didn't move around a lot. And when we did move, when we moved from um, we moved from San Diego up to the to Riverside County, when we first moved up there, I went around the neighborhood. I found my own friends. I walked the street finding my own friends. And my mom let me do that because I was a complete opposite of my brother. She knew I was headstrong. I was independent. Nothing was going to happen to me. I wouldn't let anybody bother me. So it was a little different. Um, I had that same independence, though. Yeah, you did. Um, you know, it's also kind of the era you grew up in. I mean, you Gen X, baby. Exactly. Yeah. You uh, were late seventies is when you were born, so you grew up in the eighties and nineties, and it was it's totally different than today. Even when I grew up, the you know pretty much from what I remember, the late nineties and early two thousands, it was still pretty. You can have independence. You can send your kids whether, you know, they're five, six years old down the street to go get you some freaking, uh, you know, pack of cigarettes or whatever. Yeah, now you can't. No, you, you can't send them anywhere. And um, funny story about that, if we have time, I might get to it. All right, so the, the funny story goes like this. Uh, so I was with my wife and we were at one of her siblings' houses in uh in utah most of her family's from utah and uh damn mormons <laughs> <laughs> now now they're good people and uh anyways they um she has little kids and her her husband worked basically owns his own company and works kind of next door look maybe a little bit down the street anyways she sent her daughter to go talk to the or to go over and see what her daddy needed. And uh, probably not even a block. Somebody stops her and is like, you need to go back home. You're too little to be out here. Where and, was this at? In Utah? Yeah, this was in Utah. And uh, her sister was like, she knows where she's going. She's perfectly fine. I teach my kids what to do. You know, thank you for your help. But she, you know, she doesn't, uh, she doesn't need it. And uh, it, it just cracks me up because, you know, I definitely grew up and I'm sure you did too. We grew up in the, you know, get the fuck out of the house, come back when the lights come on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, but like when we had Cody, I mean, our, our my best friend, well, we joke, my little, my dog Cody, um, I had that dog most of my, you know, teenage years and she was my, like my buddy. I'd go walk down to the Circle K in San Diego. My mom would let me go walk down there at 10 o'clock at night with my dog because she knew I was a street smart kid and I had the dog and that was okay. That was what, 90, it was like 92, 93, something like that. And, um, but you can't do that now. No, you can't at all. And it's, uh, it's really a shame because. The, these kids growing up and, you know, the, the latter part of my generation and the new generation coming up, they're, the kids are, 
you know, sheltered. And yeah. I say I was sheltered, but it was different. I was and still able to go play with friends, but now it's you. I'll just say it. They're a bunch of pansies. Yeah. Like, you, like and it, and part of it's not even their fault. It's just their, their parents, whether they don't know any better or their beliefs, they just don't let their kids do anything. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's really a shame is like, I, I understand, uh, you know, with, with COVID and everything and, you know, I'm not going to get into the beliefs about COVID, but other than the <laughs> fact of, you know, homeschool is, is kind of the way to go right now and kids are doing online school. It's unfortunate because as humans, and I know you've said this and you've told me this and we both definitely agree, we need that interaction. Oh, totally. Um, we can't sit in front of a computer screen and no. it's, it's unfortunate because that's not the same interaction when you're talking with the teacher, when you're talking with friends over Skype or Zoom or whatever it is now. You need that face-to-face contact. You need to have friends. You need to go out and have adventures. 100%. Because what's going to happen is the the little mischief that you would have got into as a kid, now you're getting into bigger mischief as an adult. Right. And, you know, you're rebelling and that's why, you know, crime rates are so high and mental health is a huge thing because yeah. of, of, you know, they they want to rebel and do what their parents didn't do, told them not to do go back to the secret once again, you know, don't do drugs instead of, you know, and kind of giving them a safe environment to experiment and live. And now it's just, it's ruined the mental health and and crime rates are really high. Yeah. You, you definitely uh, hit the nail on the head and I'm a firm believer in that. Now I'm going to say this, of course I am sensitive to it. You know, I'm a positive influencer. I'm a motivational speaker. I always speak light and love, but I also know the reality that this world isn't fairy tales and rainbows. And I give somebody kindness until I can't give them kindness no more. I usually give, you know, three chances before I unleash that fury. But you're absolutely right. It's like, unless you have experienced things and been in the trenches, you are in for a rude awakening because this world is not easy. Now, that's not to say that it's not okay to be okay. You know, I, I get that, that there are some people that are more sensitive or emotional than others, and that's okay to work through that emotion and to get it out. But what's not okay is like you're talking about now, this, this sense of self-entitlement, this the world is owed to me because what it's creating is society that is really sensitive little flowers and they don't know how to make it in life. <laughs> and, and I say that being kind is because that's why, again, that's why we have such a high rate of mental illness. Why we have such a high rate of suicide right now is because these kids are not experiencing trauma. They're not experiencing being in the trenches and knowing that I've got to toughen up. I've got to make it through these issues or else they're going to haunt me as an adult. Um, I, I agree with that to, to an extent. Um, I believe, you know, mental illness can be, in, in many forms and it can be experienced. Like you said, having that, that trauma and, you know, being in the trenches as a kid and everything, it's not so much that because I know plenty of people that had horrible childhoods that really do have mental illness. Right. What I was kind of getting at is the fact of they're, you know, they're doing these bad things, um, illegal things, if you will, as you know, a late teenager and in their early adulthood. And I'm a firm believer in not saying mental health is, you know, all mental illness is drug related because it's not, but it definitely plays a huge toll. Oh, there's a link. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, in my, in my job field, I'm a, I'm in corrections and I see it every day. Um, I deal with it every day and the, and these, 
you know, you, you could say what you want about marijuana and how, you know, there's no real ill effects to that and everything like that. I'm talking the more hardcore drugs, the, the uh, MDMAs out there, the meths, the heroines, they just, they fry your brain. Yeah, your whole pH, every, and, every chemical in you your know, brain. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of the mental disorders, whether it's schizophrenia or just straight paranoia, they're caused from drugs, and it's really unfortunate because I, I, you know, not saying they didn't do drugs back in the day when they had, you know, when they let their kids get away with murder, you know, kind of like send them on their way. It's more just. Like there's too much out there now. And with everybody having access to the internet, it's, you know, you, you have a lot more access to everything and you, you know, these drugs have been out for a while, but they're, they're so much more prevalent because of all the main, all the media, all the social, all the social media and, um, a lot more data. Yeah. A lot more data. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. A lot more data, a lot more access to things than there were back in the day. Yep. Yeah, no, you 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 did touch on some valid points there as well. Now we're gonna we're gonna close this out, of course. Um, in the in the shows to come, I'm gonna have you back. I have to. You're my brother. We gotta keep doing this. But I want to close this out with a with a little bit of humor. So I got here today. I took a little trip. He so my brother lives about two and a half hours north of me. And when I got here, my sister in law's like, "Yeah, your brother's cleaning up. He had a rough day." And I'm like, oh boy, what happened? And she goes, well, I'll let my brother tell you. So what what happened, brother? What happened? You had a, an inmate in the jails because he's in corrections. He's a correction officer. So what, what's that story? Um, <laughs> Basically, I'm not going to you know bore you with all the, the stinky details, but we have an inmate who, you know, whether he was, he's just 918 crazy or, you know, he's got mental health due to previous drug use, whatever it is, he decided to take a shit in his cell <laughs> and paint the walls with it. Um, and it, we had to kind of make light of the situation, make a joke. We called him Pucasso. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I dealt with that first thing on shift and um, you know, it was uh, it was kind of a shitty night. No pun intended. Oh, that's great. Great in a not so great way. Um, so with that, <laughs> You know, with that said, I typically have my guests, since you're, you know, kind of a special occasion here, I have them close out with something. Um, If any of my fans, followers, any of my audience, do you have either a charity or something you want to plug or do you want anybody? I know you're not a big social media guy. You don't like being in the limelight, but if anybody wanted to connect with you or should we keep it on the down low who my brother is. What, what do you want to do? You want people to know who you are? What, what do you want? You got a charity? Um, what, what you got brother? Don't really have, don't really have a charity or any plugs. Um, other than, you know, we were talking about sports earlier. So go Lakers, you know, 2020 NBA champs, Uh-oh. <laughs> huge Laker fan. Um, but well, I am not. Yeah. I, uh, this one was kind of extra special cause you know, the year started with Kobe Bryant's death and, Growing up in California and being just a huge sports person and a basketball person, that one kind of took a toll on me. Yeah, dude, he, he called me in tears. Yeah, so it was uh, it was definitely special. But if anybody wants to reach out, um, I am on TikTok a little bit. Uh, username is X Belcher X. Um, the E in Belcher with uh, the number three. Or I'm on Instagram, uh, Belcher J two nine zero. 
like I like he said, I'm not big on social media or whatever, but you know, somebody wants to follow me, go for it. Yeah, you'll get you'll get some laughs, and I I have to rub it in just a little bit. It was kind of sad that I was never really a Kobe fan. You know, rest in peace. He was a legend. He's a he's a great basketball player, but I just was never a fan. And I got to meet Kobe, and brother didn't. And I and I just it's kind of interesting how the universe <laughs> works sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, your your personality and and everything like that, you definitely had a lot more access and um, like to meeting these, you know, celebrities and everything like that. And, uh, you know, where we grew up, they were definitely prevalent. You know, we grew up in, in Southern California and uh, not too far away from L.A., you know, the shithole that L.A. is. Right. If you're from L.A., sorry, but, you know, it is what it is. And uh, there was definitely a lot of celebrities out there, and you definitely – I had a knack. I've met quite a few yeah. people. I don't like the name drop. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, but even now, you know, being more, dare I say, popular and famous, it's, it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's uh, an interesting experience. So with that said, of course, brother, I love you, man. Thank you for being on the show with me. And for you guys, if you love me – if you love the show, if you love the podcast, you know, make sure you are subscribing, make sure you are sharing this podcast with everybody you know, because that is your way to give back. And remember that you've got to give love to get love by helping me out, by helping others out, by helping your favorite content creators out. That always comes back to you. Trust in that, my friends. With that said, stay tuned for next week i am going to have one of your favorite tiktokers heather omg will be making appearance on the show i know she's excited i'm excited she's got this really cool like cult following i call her following is super loyal she's fantastic Heather omg from tiktok will be on my show this week stay tuned friends Stay blessed. We will see you.